Welcome to the ORX podcast. I'm Simon Wills, Executive Director of ORX, and in this edition of our podcast, we're going to discuss how our members were able to respond uh, and are responding to the pandemic crisis. We're here to discuss the crisis and how it impacted the operational risk profile of our member institutions and how operational risk as a function responded. So before we begin, just a quick note, I think during the call, it's almost inevitable that we're going to refer to whether we had a good crisis or not. Um, we'll be discussing that from a very narrow perspective, uh, operational risk in banking. Um, we recognise it hasn't been a good crisis and it's still ongoing for a lot of people. Otherwise, um, the views that uh, we're going to express will be personal views. So on we go. I'm joined by two very qualified guests. First of all, as Mark Cook of HSBC uh, and until very recently uh, chair of ORX and also Luke Karavik, our director of research and information. Both will be speaking in a personal capacity, but also uh, both participated in the almost 30 calls that ORX held with members over the past four or five months uh, to discuss how they were responding. Uh, so all of our comments will be informed uh, by those discussions. I'd propose that we, we jump straight in and actually to kick off, actually focus on the impact on firms' uh, risk profiles, their operational risk profiles. Luke, do you want to kick things off and see what we say, what we saw? Yeah, th thanks very much, Simon. Uh, the overall picture really is that things are changing and they continue to change. So we saw a, a rapid transformation of the operational risk profile early in the crisis. There was a huge focus on third party risk. Would third parties that banks and insurers depend on to operate, would they continue to operate? Would they be able to operate when their staff were working remotely? Um, so there was a huge focus on that. Once uh, that hurdle had been passed, other risks started uh, becoming more important. So, for example, things like information security, cyber risks uh, rose up the agenda. With people working from home, information is flowing in, in different directions to, to business as usual. So there was a huge focus on making sure uh, that was safe. And as we come through the crisis and in, and in some parts of the world, we're kind of exiting the crisis to a certain degree, other risks are now um, raising up the agenda. Um, so things like people risk, long-term conduct risk are now top of the agenda. So I think what you normally see with operational risk profiles is that they're relatively static, they're relatively unchanging over a period of time. We've seen unprecedented change over a four or five month period, and I think there will be more to come. I don't think we're at a point where the profile is necessarily stable, but I think banks and insurers are reacting to that changing profile and managing it. As, as it changes. Mark, what, what have you seen? I'm just reflecting on the, on the comments of Luke and yourself, Simon, and thinking about in some ways why this pandemic was so interesting to us in the operational risk space. Because I, I think it would be fair to say it's probably the first really major global operational risk event that has impacted all firms. That in itself is from our perspective you know it's an area where we were seeing something that was very dynamic and fast-paced and it called for a, a level of agility that's in often the slow burn things that we see in the operational space don't necessarily require in the immediate aftermath what was really good to see in terms of the firms was the way that they 
they switched very quickly into looking at how they maintained their services. It was a very customer centric view of the services. And as such, therefore, the real focus, therefore, was on the ability to manage and ensure that they had the operational resilience that they required. And that came very much into the spotlight. What characterized you know, this event uh, was the, the level and the pace by which firms were able to respond. We're now seeing we're morphing into this changing landscape in terms of the risk profile. And we're starting to see the firms now think forward in terms of how they want to operate in this new environment. I think, Mark, you said that firms were able to respond at pace. So, Luke, reflecting on operational risks role in that, how did operational risks fare in terms of managing the response at, at pace and with flexibility? The evidence so far is that it was a success. We have to remember we are still in the crisis in, in many parts of the world. So even though in some regions people are starting to return to, to kind of normal life to a certain extent. And I, I think just reiterating Mark's point, there was this huge focus on uh, the fact that customers were serviced, they got what they needed. And also at the same time, there was a huge focus on delivering relief, which was a new thing, typically things like mortgage holidays, uh, emergency loans, so things that helped people continue to operate. That was something new, so that was done on top of all the normal stuff that people expected to get from their their banks and insurers. So the role that the operational risk played in that, Mark touched on it, there was this huge amount of agility, there was a, a focus on things that were genuinely critical. So operational risk played quite an important role in helping people identify what the critical processes were, what was important within those what the key controls were were they able to to relax or update them based on a a change in operating environment a change in operating model and all of that work meant that that the wheels kept turning and and services kept operating properly um, for their customers that's probably not how operational risk is, is typically seen it's usually seen as a little bit more programmatic slow burning quite kind of process driven But I think uh, as a discipline, it demonstrated that it can move quickly, it can make decisions quickly, it can streamline where needed, it can be agile, which, which I think was something that perhaps surprised the industry a bit. As Mark said, there hasn't been a global operational risk incident, which they've been tested against so far. So this was really the first test of that. And I think uh, they came through with, with flying colors. So Mark, do you agree with Luke's assessment? And, and if so, and I'll, I'll come back to you on this, Luke, as well, what kind of underpinned that ability to be agile and flexible? Because I think Luke's right, it's perhaps not two words that would be most often used to describe operational risk functions. Yeah, I think, I think that's the right word, actually, Simon, the underpinning. And much of the heavy lifting to enable the initial aftermath to be largely a success for the firms and for the, and for the provision of the financial service marketplace was as a result of the work that the risk functions and the businesses have been engaged in over the last few years. This would not have gone as well if we had not seen the level of readiness within the businesses themselves to rapidly respond to the crisis, to understand their services, to make quick accommodations to ensure they could provide those services and to really take ownership. So this wasn't risk leading the risk management activity. This was the businesses themselves 
leading that risk management activity. And that was a critical success factor to my mind. Now, how we got to the point where there was that muscle and that readiness was a result of, of many years of work in terms of putting in place approaches, the structures, the frameworks, the learnings, the understanding of the risks themselves and the nature of the control environment. And those were all key factors. I think that then led to the second part, which was actually in the crisis itself. Operational risk had the relationships, had the understanding of the businesses, and therefore were able to partner more effectively to make those agile and quick accommodations to allow the businesses to operate and to ensure those businesses were able to deliver their products and services to their customers. These two things therefore go hand in hand. And Luke, do you agree with that, that, that we built the muscle memory that when it became necessary, that was the foundation of off we could become agile and, and more flexible? I agree completely. And I think that muscle memory covers a wide range of things. So it covers data, perhaps, so knowledge of what is critical, relationships with, with people across the institution, knowledge of business operations within the risk function. It was the complete package of work that has probably been done over the last 10 years, and I think a big part of that is, is probably this, this focus on resilience as well, which we've seen uh, within the last four or five years. But one thing I was going to add, which I think is very clearly an operational risk thing, is the fact that although things were being done in an agile way and people were making amendments, it was still controlled. So risk recognised that this, this is a crisis, things are temporary, this isn't how things are necessarily going to run forever. Keeping track of what changes were made is really, really important. And I think it will only become clear in the next six or 12 months that, that having a good inventory of what was changed is going to be invaluable. So when you come to uh, unwind changes, you need to do that in an orderly way. If you want an overall institutional enterprise-wide view of how you've changed your operations and what the impact on your risk profile is, you can only get that by having a good understanding of all the amendments that were made. So I think although risk was being agile, it still remembered that role of uh, being a control function and, and making sure that things were recorded and documented so that at some point you could have a look at that big list of changes and unwind it if needed. Luke, I think that's an excellent point. I think um, it was apparent from the calls that many of the operational risk functions actively stepped into the space of being the keeper of the corporate memory when it came to what controls were changing and why. But the ability also to understand how those changes get unwound and when they should get unwound, I think very much plays to the, to the value-adding role that operational risk functions can add to their organisations. Okay, so operational risk had a, a good crisis, or has had so far. We were able to respond at speed and with some flexibility. And that was underpinned by a muscle memory of practice and data and, and relationships and tools. The business was in the lead, we supported the business, and amongst other things were really useful keeper of the corporate memory. Luke, are there elements in particular that were part of that foundation that you saw people leveraging positive effect from so particular tools or methods? I think the most crucial thing was the people, the people and the experience. People knew how to do a rapid risk assessment if needed. And that meant that they could speed up what would have been uh, usually quite lengthy exercises 
and really collapse them down into um, a much, much shorter space of time. We heard lots of people say that they were being asked to make decisions in a matter of days or even hours, and that's not normal practice. Usually you have a long time to reflect, gather more data, talk to more people. It was knowledge of the crucial parts of their processes, which meant they could be really streamlined and make a decision much more quickly. We had one example of a complete overhaul of coming to an enterprise-wide view of risk, coming at it from a top-down approach rather than a bottom-up approach where you would normally take months and months and months. Mark, same question. What elements of the framework people practice did you see that was particularly useful? Two words that uh, Luke referred to, the coming together. I like that because there's actually a demonstration of how the free lines of defence can work properly rather than sometimes we see a siloed mentality. This was actually... Is coming together, collaboration, working in small teams to understand the nature of the changes and what the potential consequences of those changes were, was one of the features that I think really helped drive a much more dynamic and active risk management through the crisis. It did at times leverage the work that had already undertaken, the relationships that had been formed as part of the engagement with those businesses over their risk and control universe. But it also leveraged the data that had been collected and then enabling you know, these small groups of people to come together to then to discuss you know, what were the right accommodations, how could we be made safely, what were the any potential unintended consequences, you know, get that agility therefore to help these businesses restructure themselves to operate throughout the pandemic. To my mind, that was one of the underpinning successes. It was very much the human element, the way that the, the operational risk functions actually interacted and engaged with the businesses themselves. This is, this is quite unusually perhaps, quite an optimistic picture here that almost suggesting that there's been a, a step up in terms of institutional maturity, as I think you referred to earlier, as a sort of a hidden success. Would, would, you, would you go that far? I think we would actually. And it probably shouldn't come as too much surprise. I think there's been a lot of investment and focus in terms of the overall risk agenda on operational risk, on non-financial risk over the last previous years. And I think it would have been quite sad had we not seen any benefit from that. <laughs> I think in, in many ways it was quite stark, the difference say, between where we were in 2007, 2008 to where we are today, as well as, of course, some of the technological advantages that we had today that we wouldn't have, say, 10 years ago. I, I think this could have been a, a much, much more challenging crisis had we not had the technology underpinning the way that firms can collaborate outside of the physical office. The ability to move at scale across the entire industry to remote working has been really quite remarkable. I think that's been key in order to provide resilience. But that uplift in terms of operational risk know-how has been quite significant over the years. And it was absolutely something that helped those firms initially deal with what they were facing back in the early start of the year. And Luke, same question to you. Do you think that, that this has evidenced a step change in institutional maturity, almost a, something of a cultural shift, or am I being too optimistic? No, no, I agree. I, I don't think you are being too optimistic. I think um, the maturity probably came from two directions. One was a better appreciation of what operational risk is within the first line, within within the business. I think that's probably 
a long time coming and, and it has partly come from previous crises. And then in the second line, at the same time, a, a much better appreciation of the business, the overall sophistication and maturity of a typical operation risk manager has probably increased over the last five years. And I think they, uh, on the whole, have a much better appreciation of how the first line operates and the challenges they have. So better appreciation of risk in the first line and much better appreciation of business practice in the second line meant we could come together. And there was a kind of mutual respect, which made things move much more quickly. And just to reiterate Mark's point about technology, I think 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to digitally kind of reach out to customers, collaborate internally. I think all of the response would have been uh, extremely hard. We're fortunate to live in a time where that's possible um, and that's really enabled that kind of seamless transition for most institutions uh, to a, a much more remote way of working. I certainly was struck by the different instincts, that the instincts at the, the start of this crisis were how, how do we protect our customers? How do we maintain our service? How do we look after our people? And, and that does suggest a, a, a real cultural shift. Do you think I'm, I'm being too, too optimistic? No, I don't. Um, I think we have uh, seen in the organisations they have become much more aware of their purpose and the fact that they're to serve customers. Can my customer access a bank account? Can they, can they have a conversation about being able to defer their mortgage? whatever their activities may be. The bit that I think was you know, really one step forward was that wasn't simply just based around the profitability of that customer to the bank. It was, there was a lot more conversation about who are the most vulnerable customers that we serve? How do we protect them? There is always the, you know, what drives that? Is it a level of awareness of the risk and the implications and the purpose of the firm, and the higher order social agenda? Um, or is it simply the awareness that if banks did not respond in that way, there would be consequences to You could equally apply the credit in some parts to the regulatory agenda around conduct. Regardless of what the drivers are, I suspect it is a mixture of both. The outcomes were the same. It was markedly better than what we would have seen in previous, um, previous times. So, Mark, Luke. Thank you very much for your comments. Just before we close, i just summarise. I think that the, the pitch we've heard was of a, a operational risk has had a, a good crisis, that there was a baseline of practice and knowledge and data and relationships we've built over the years. We were able to streamline that. We were able to leverage that um, and use that base to become more uh, faster and flexible during the crisis. I think I've got that picture right, but do you guys just want to wrap up with any closing thoughts? Mark, do you want to go first? Yeah, thanks, Simon. Yep. I think that is indeed the summary. I think it, the initial aftermath and you know, the first lessons coming out of this crisis was the industry did a good job of ensuring that we maintain the financial system, that we were able to provide banking products and services, insurance products and services into the marketplace uh, with a relatively low level of disruption. And that was really positive. But I think also coming out of these first lessons are a very clear opportunity to shape the future. What we should look at next is really what do we take away from this? How are operational risk management practices going to change going forward? in light of what, we, what we've experienced over this early part of 2020 and the pandemic. I think coronavirus will have had a devastating effect 
on a very wide range of people. But I think really what we're saying here is operational risk did its part to allow the financial system to continue operating soundly. And I think a lot of that was around, as we've spoken before, just really prioritizing the, the crucial things. And the crucial things were the customers, particularly retail customers, that level of focus on that kind of sector of the customer base is, is something that we probably wouldn't have seen 20 or 30 years ago. So it was a it was a, a good crisis from that perspective. Thank you very much, Luke. Thank you very much, Mark. So that's the, the end of our first podcast. Uh, our next discussion will be as I think Mark suggested, actually, what we can take in terms of learnings from uh, the crisis so far, how we might apply those to thinking about the future of financial services and the future of uh, operational risk management. So thank you very much, both, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Simon.